Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Psychic Coffee Shop Podcast Network. And of course, we got Techie Joe in the co-host seat. How are you, Dylan? Hello, hello. Doing great. How are you this evening? Oh, totally evil. Totally evil. Always. Always. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of interesting week. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's been an interesting week for the news. It's nice to watch a cover-up being done in front of you. Well, potentially. Yeah, I'm still going to argue that one. <laughs> I know you are. You also still argue that the government has our best interest at heart. Oh, no, I'm long past that. I think it should have our best, best interest in heart. Uh, we should fire should them. being the operating word. Yeah, well, that's what we've been screaming for the last, like, two elections. I know. I've been screaming it for probably 20 years now. Yeah, really? Let's fire them. Let's move on. Maybe the queen can repossess us. Something to that effect oh, would be interesting. Oh, they got enough crap with Brexit. They, she's got enough crap with Brexit. She doesn't want our problems. Come on. <laughs> oh, come on. Do you not think that, you know, if the if Think about it. Let's do alternate universe for a moment, since this is one of the TV shows you've been watching. Oh, okay, cool. Okay, think about it. If there was no revolution, how would we be different? Mm. I don't know. I think that was like a historical inevitability. Um, mm-hmm. you put that much distance and that, especially that much water in between subjects and ruler, you're invariably going to get a revolution. I, uh-huh. it, it's too inaccessible. Um, it just, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It, it was a nice thought in the beginning when you're talking about a small area, you know, when we were still coastal, you know, uh-huh. when, when we're talking about coastal colonies, 
but the further west right. we went, the the faster that inevitability spread is that it's got yeah. to fall apart. Well, Canada stayed in the United Kingdom. Well, they did for a very long time, yes. But there's also yeah. large parts of Canada that were so remote for so long, they kind of also mm-hmm. held on to that same kind of small area feel for a very long time. Um, uh-huh. Like, they're... they're and there's, that's still kind of reminiscent today. Um, mm-hmm. is there's still large parts of Canada that really kind of fall into this category that, yeah, it's populated, but it's never, or very likely never going to be densely populated. Um, there are areas that are never going to have that kind of large insurrection capability. Like, they're not going to be right. able to rise up. They, like, raise an army that can barely raise a flag. Like, mm-hmm. you know, some of these areas are so, so, so sparsely populated. Um, mm-hmm. And we have parts of the country, uh, of the U.S. that are that way as well. I mean, Montana, for instance. Um, or the mm-hmm. Heartland. Um, there's right. very sparse population when you do, you know, people per square mile. Um, right. You know, yeah, you can get a nice turnout from the whole state, but a right. little bit difficult if you're going up against, say, an army. <laughs> you're not really right. going to, to get a big, giant, massive army together to fight. Oh, but why not? That could be fun. Eh, you know... Yeah, but I think it would be. I think it's interesting to talk about these things. Like, you know, what, you know, um, you know, what would happen if you know we stayed part of, you know, Great Britain? What would happened if World War Two never happened? How much of a deficit would the United States be on? Um, and I think that we're going to see more movies about it more views of things going on with it. Mm-hmm. And I also feel like that it's going to be a little bit more of a change, a little bit more of a comfortability, um, because we're going on 200 years in this country in the way it is. I think right. that, you know, our leadership is going to have to take a new view to keep going another 200 years. Well, and especially when in the context of global economy. I think that's one of the biggest problems that we've run into. Now, granted, um, the U.K. tried doing this with um, the European Union, um, basically creating, you know, let's standardize on one um, uh, currency. Let's, you know, have free open um, access and trade. You know, basically make it mm-hmm. function like one giant landmass. Um, right. Didn't work out so hot, um, but I well, think we—I think, I, I think it was premature. I think it was premature. Right. I think we are, as a global economy, going to have to head that way. Um, yeah. I don't know what that's going to look like long term. 
Um, but I think we are going to have to eventually adopt a world language and a world currency and just quit seeing borders. Um, well, now, the fun part of that is going to be governance and how to make right. that work together. Right. And, you know, we've seen that with all these trade problems going on. We've seen this with all the um, trade wars, if you want to call them that. I'll call, I call them um, baby little tenter tantrums. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, I'm letting it, I'm letting it slide. Um, really? I mean, from my perspective, while I see what you're saying, I would mm-hmm. argue that, you know, it, it, trying to uh, diminutize these actions, mm-hmm. unfortunately, it has massive global impacts. Like, the, yeah. the, like, even though they're occurring as, you know, temper tantrum responses by Cheeto, who has no clue what he's doing, uh, right. These have massive impacts. This is why we are now subsidizing farmers so heavily. This is why we are subsidizing a lot of industries very heavily right now, trying to Uh corral the backlash, um, at least through this next election. Right. I mean, heck, it was, what, Wednesday that the Dow dropped 800 points in one day? Yeah, and that's yeah, just that? on 18 to 24 months of impen- uh, out from what they feel would be an impending recession. Mm-hmm. Right. That's just the, the thought of it um, right. sent the stock market into a recoil that, you know, well, hey, money's recoil. better off in short-term investments. Yeah. Right. Well, not really and, you a know, they've been having or a free fall. Oh, it was a free for all. It was a free for dump. Get our money out of well, there. Get our money yeah, out of there now. Okay. Well, yeah, there there was a lot of anger, and you know, I, there was kind of the bloodbath on Wall Street. But even still, it, it wasn't right. quite a free fall. Um, I don't think it even set off um, the stop trading point because there well, is a point that's if be- the yes. Oh, go ahead. It has to hit like 33% stock drop before mm-hmm. that'll set off. So, but it was close. It was close. Probably another two more business hours, and it would have shut it down. And see, this is what people don't get that do not understand global economy. This was okay. a direct result of Cheeto pissing off our biggest bank, our biggest loan holders. Hello, China. How are you, honeys? Yeah, really. He raised tariffs. You know, it's well, like, oh, please, get a clue. Yeah. Well, and ultimately what yeah. we're still dealing with, what we're ultimately still mm-hmm. dealing with, um, and, and a large part of this is in the recovery from the 2008 recession, 
Mm-hmm. Um, we are still working with a Fed that's trying to to work its way out of that recession. So what right. the Federal Reserve is doing is they are kind of artificially holding um, those interest rates where they're at, trying to go mm-hmm. for more stability instead of quick, easy cash. Um and that that is having an impact. Um, what's making it worse is a president who doesn't understand how that works and why it's there right. and what it's trying to support and is instead right. going on the offensive against the Fed, <laughs> trying to pressure them into lowering rates. Um, right. And we're, we're still not out of the first recession. Ultimately, we well, would be potentially creating a second one that is far worse than 2008 ever hoped to be. Right. And it's very quickly approaching. And the Fed even said, look, we – and that's why we need an independent Fed. Um, federal bank it has to be independent, should not be – you know, this is how it was set up to be on its own – should mm-hmm. not be influential by the president or anybody else because the market will hold him to task. That's a problem. The market will say, yeah. oh, no, you don't. You know, and I think they're dealing with that very heavily. And I think it's going to get even worse. Personally. Well, yeah. Well, because unfortunately, um, you know, with the with the Cheeto presidency, um, mm-hmm. We've thrown out the rule book. We, we've completely right. trashed the rule book um, at right. this point, other than as a process for identifying ways to take on your enemies, to find every single right. loophole in every single system, and you either follow what he says or you're going to find out there's a loophole somewhere. Um, you know, your funding is going to get cut. You're going to get, you know, pushed into a situation that you can't back out of, fired. Basically, he's going to have your head on a platter one way or another. Um, so yeah, it's got to be very hard to be the head of the Federal Reserve right now. Um, knowing that 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 day's coming. You know, oh, yeah. if you follow the the rule book of what you ought to be doing right now to you know save the economy, um, or try right. to protect it and help it rebuild, um, in spite of um, his thoughts on the matter, um, right. you, you've got to be sitting there, you know, going, yeah, I'm going to pay for this. This is going to be mm-hmm. bad, this is going to be ugly, and this is going to be brutal. Uh-huh. You know. Um, and I think he doesn't like that he can't change the head of the Federal Reserve. Well, yet. Yeah. I mean, that's unfortunately where we're at, is that, or even more importantly, I think it's a yet on they haven't figured out how to attack the Federal Reserve. What can you, you know, trying to figure out, even if he cannot do these actions directly, like he can't look, you know, and go, you're fired, um, what can he do and what can his team find that he can do 
um, right. to basically make them redundant. Um, right. you know, can he cut off their staff? Can he cut off their paychecks? What can he do um, to apply mounting pressure where it's like, you know, here, here's what you want. Just give us our flipping paychecks or whatever back. Um, you know, turn mm-hmm. the lights back on. Um, whatever right. he can figure out to do. Mm-hmm. Very much so. the, the, And that's like totally, totally against, like, everything. He's using every nuclear option designed. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's mm-hmm. not even that they were designed. It was just assumed no one would be mm-hmm. so brazenly stupid as to uh-huh. completely avoid any kind of advice or guidance from the people who deal with this stuff every single day trying to tell you this is mm-hmm. the best way to handle this. Do not uh-huh. – attempt to do differently because this is what will happen. Our government was formed on the basic principle that you should be able to cooperatively work together and refer to people um, for guidance and advice um, as well as respond to a logical argument. Right. And we don't have that as president. What we have as president we don't have that is someone Congress. who is ready ready to take the nuclear option on every single scenario. Right. I don't know. There should. I think that we need to invent. We need after this mm-hmm. a new safeguard needs to be put into place. Like I don't know. Reduce the time till two years. Like you get a year, and if the American government votes you back in, then you can stay for three. I don't think our country can handle an election cycle more often than than every four. Um, And I understand that um, as as a theory, but ultimately the checks and balance system has some loopholes in it. Um, Mm -hmm. And hopefully our next president, um, not that we're ever going to count this one, um, but our next president, will actually uh, make that a priority of his president or her presidency. Right. Um, in addition to um, taking some very, you know, hardline looks at our entire election process. Um, not to mention getting money out, uh, corporate money out of politics. Um, mm-hmm. They're, they're, this has gone beyond. Right. You know, this isn't politics anymore. This is stupidism. It, it's, it's a reality TV show. It's not even a presidency. It's a reality TV show. It, it's mm-hmm. scripted. It's forced. It's not natural. It's it's mm-hmm. a disaster. It's a walking, talking right. disaster every single day. Um, yeah. Filled with way too many problems. Yep. So, so other things. And now we want to buy Greenland? Sorry. Now I just have to point this one out. And now we want to buy Greenland. 
Why do we want to buy Greenland or a country on their own? Apparently, we are exploring the United States under Trump or his you know, mm-hmm. uh, questioning of if it's possible, wants to buy Greenland. No. This is insane. <laughs> Someone has took time to teach him a history book. Who is teaching this monkey? No one. This is the problem. He mm-hmm. he was not a political person before he went into office, other than as an armchair, um, you know, argumentative voice. And mm-hmm. he has no understanding of what he's saying, what he's doing, or the problems he's potentially going after. Right. So, but yeah, Greenland. Think about that. We're going to buy Greenland. An entire landmass, improperly named just to promote tourism. Mm -hmm. It's great. Love it. Uh, But in other news... Well, what originally kicked this off was, you know, Jeff Epstein. His autopsy is out. Of course, if you read it, read the autopsy, the notes of the autopsy, not what the medical examiner said, but you read the autopsy report, it sounds like he he was strangled. Well, there's a potentiality there. Um, what what they've kind of gotten into with the autopsy is there's it's almost a balanced scale between is it strangulation or death by hanging, uh, self mm-hmm. Um And it, it's kind of like a 51% at this point. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, the majority of the evidence suggests that he committed suicide. There's also some inconsistencies that can be explained away. Um, mm-hmm. However, it's currently not enough to tip that scale towards murder. Right. So right now, in lieu of anything else, they're having to go with suicide. Um, right. You know, the, it's kind of one of those moments. Um, the biggest inconsistency is that his uh, hyoid and some other neck bones were broken. Yeah. The problem is, if you're talking about someone much younger, that would be very glaring, something's wrong here. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. because of his age, it's a very mm-hmm. real possibility that his, that if he committed suicide, this could have happened. Um, that right. unfortunately, as we age, um, we we lose bone density, and the act of be of hanging oneself can be enough to break those bones. So that's the biggest inconsistency that would suggest foul play. Um, unfortunately, though, because of his age, or well, not even unfortunately, unfortunately. But because of his age, um, they're less likely to make 
that uh, murderous assumption. They're they're oh, yeah. kind of like until we get something else or until we have someone that comes forward um, to you know either claim responsibility or a witness that points a finger. Um, there there it's I, it honestly sounds like it's a fifty one percent death by hanging uh, self strangulation self hanging. Um, death by suicide until something changes that. Right. So either someone got away with murder or it's going to be one of the most controversial suicides that we've had in decades. Right. And, you know, it's very debatable Mm -hmm. on which one it is. Very debatable. We see this a lot in government cases. I mean, look at this. Look at his case. It has mm-hmm. been continually, you know, slap of the wrist, slap of the wrist, slap of the wrist. You know, if we look at, you know, everything there of, oh, you got arrested for sex trafficking, that's how you do 30 days in county jail. Oh, you got arrested right. for He's- being with an underage person. Oh, they weren't underage. Never mind. We don't know what we were talking about. How silly of us. Well, yeah, he, he's gotten off very light. Um, he also had a sentence in Florida, um, a well, a plea deal uh, sentence in Florida that was currently under investigation because one of his lawyers, if I remember correctly, one of his lawyers used to work for – no, 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 I got it backwards. One, one of the prosecution used to work for the law firm that was representing him. So there were, mm-hmm. were allegations made of basically it's a backroom deal um, oh. and should have never gone the way it did. So he was potentially, <laughs> and he got a sweetheart deal on that one. Um, right. as, as well as he's gotten sweetheart deals across the board, um, and ultimately, it it does it, it's a very debatable topic just for the reason that he's never taken any of the charges seriously. You know, he's right. never had a problem with what he did. He has openly flaunted what he was doing. He never cared. One bet mm-hmm. that anyone knew that you know he was having sex with underage girls. All right, that that no, not a problem. Yeah, he thought it was all just kind of a great big farce. Um, right. that you know, as he made one statement that um he was a he was not a, a a sexual predator he was a uh he was convicted as a sex offender um which mm-hmm. is the difference between murder and stealing a bagel mm-hmm. and ultimately likening his criminal action to stealing a bagel um right yeah i mean if there was so, about that he a criminal Right. Yeah. That anyone would debate that is is beyond me. But for him, 
um, it's never been a big deal for him to suddenly have a you know crisis of conscience and become suicidal over it. Mm-hmm. Seems odd. Seems so, very odd. Yeah. Um, either it was the realization his, that that at this point he was too high profile to get out of it. Um, that there there wasn't anyone to buy off. There was no one to you know smack his wrist and be like, "Don't do it again." Um, right. or if his pattern of conduct had gotten to a point, look, no one's going to ignore it. Like you had your right. get out of jail free cards. You're done. Um, or if there's other issues involved, I mean, you know, he was not young. Well, exactly. Well, but continuing the, just the, the suicide, you know, verdict concept, um, Mm -hmm. that, that if it were a death by suicide, then the question becomes what changed? He's been very cavalier about this up to this point. So what suddenly changed that for him? What made him realize if he had a, any kind of conscience, uh, you know, crisis of conscience, or you know, a sudden realization, I'm not getting out of this one. You know, I, mm-hmm. I can't talk my way, bribe my way, pay my way, whatever out of this one. What changed? Right. Um, Mm -hmm. or it does become a legitimate concern that with his, you know, constant proximity to our Cheeto in charge, um, that, you know, he may have had damning evidence against him. And Mm -hmm. we were no longer friends for some reason. Uh Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. if you believe that, oh, I have a bridge for you to buy, it's a beautiful one, overlooks this lovely beach in the middle of Montana. You'll love it. Yeah. It's wonderful. I'll bake cookies when we show it to you. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But anyway. Um, but anyway. But no, it, I that would lead itself more towards a, you know, murder plot. Um, Especially Uh, when you couple it with all the inconsistencies in how he was managed as a suicide risk prisoner. mm -hmm. Um, The fact that he had been under a suicide watch up to a point, and then Mm -hmm. even outside of that watch, um, None of the protocols for the, for this jail were followed. They nah. they basically left him to his own devices for a very extended period, um, which shouldn't yeah. have happened. Um, right. and, and that's where it goes back and forth, and it's going to be a very contested um, death for a long time. It, it, there's a lot of debatable points, and I completely understand that. Um, mm-hmm. and I don't think we'll ever know. I really don't. I don't think we'll ever know. Right. Well, I think it'll be another paper operation paperclip or operation, you know, Watergate. We don't really know what will happen. We just know that certain things occur. Well, yeah, ultimately, 
there that there were lots of events that it, it's good luck figuring out what actually happened. Right. You know, there there's either one person that knows exactly what happened one way or the other, or there's a second person who knows what happened because it was a murder. Right. That I mean, that's the way it works out. There there's either one person who knows everything because they did it to themselves. Or there's two people mm-hmm. because it was a murder. Um, sure. Or at least two people. Yeah. And no, I don't think we're ever going to get that kind of... Clarency. Final... Yeah, we're we're not going to get that. We're not going to get the closure on it. It's going to be a wide open debate for decades to come. Yeah. Um, and probably much beyond... Um, especially considering oh, I how... way beyond. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, then it, it also lends itself to the question of even if he had had damning evidence against the Tito in charge, mm-hmm. what good would it do? Um, we, we've already seen that 70% of the evangelical voting base, um, don't care. They, they, they Mm -hmm. honestly do not give a crap what he does, that he was not kidding. Like you could add Mm -hmm. a layer of extraction to his comment of he could shoot someone in the middle of, you know, fifth Avenue. I believe that was his comment. Um, of New York, um, and no one would arrest him. I think he could well, be raping a, a girl. You know, he could be raping a newborn girl, and I don't think they would arrest him, or or at least not hold it against him, because they're seeing the seventy percent of evangelicals are mm-hmm. basically unconcerned with his behavior so long as he keeps advancing their uh, uh, political gripes, as long as he Mm -hmm. keeps going after LGBT, as long as he keeps going after abortion, as long as he keeps going after, you know, gays in the military, as long as he keeps going after, like, on and on and on. Um, You know, right to discriminate even. As long as he keeps doing that, um, those are their mm-hmm. core issues, um, and mm-hmm. the quotes from from them are just insane. Like yeah. you have reporters sitting there point blank asking, you know, how do you reconcile someone who has cheated on his wife with your you know religious convictions? And they go, I just keep thinking about all the dead babies he prevented. And, and you just like really? That's where really? we're at. Okay. Uh huh. It it yeah. burns. But ultimately, if if Epstein had had you know damning evidence on the president, would it have mattered? Well, would it have mattered in this fight? Should it have not been on the president? That's the other, you know, everyone's looking to cheat out. We very well, yeah, rarely... Well, so closely... 
yeah, what if it wasn't Cheetah? What if it was his aide? What if it is, you know, Junior? Um, you know, because there's a lot of, like, oh, no, you don't. See, I personally think if it was against um, Cheetah's boy, his wife ain't going to take it in a heartbeat. She already fed up with this. Well, I don't know. I'm still with Trevor Noah on whether or not Trump's trying to deport Melania. Because that's uh-huh. his own thing, and I think it's hilarious and a valid point, but hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh. There, there's yeah. an idea that uh, Trump and his immigration policies that seem so racist and horrible may actually mm-hmm. be an attempt to deport his wife. Well, that's a possibility. Yeah, the board. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that exile back to Russia or the Ukraine um, is definitely easier than a divorce because, yeah, I I don't think anyone's dumb enough to marry Donald Trump without an ironclad prenup that favors them heavily. Um. Mm -hmm. Especially at this point. And, um, right. And at this point, and I'm really debating this, um, mm-hmm. would we be having the same presidency if his first wife, Ivanka, was in charge of this? Mm. I don't think you're going to change his actions. Um, oh, and, and I bring think, him in. Yeah. I think it would be a lot more public. I would think it would be a lot more ugly and vicious. I don't think there would be a subtle version of, mm-hmm. you know, her denouncement of his behavior. Um, uh-huh. But I don't think you're going to change the behavior. I think it would just be a bigger spectacle, but I don't think uh-huh. you're going to change it. I really don't. I don't think you're going to change it. I think it would just be louder. I think it would be interesting. Really and truly think it would be interesting to get her view. Well, yeah. But ultimately what I see is from Ivanka to Melania, Mm -hmm. um, you almost have the same person. They just react to issues in total opposite. Mm Mm-hmm. Ivana, or sorry, Ivana. I keep saying Ivanka. Uh, Freudian slip much? What? Um, But Ivana, uh, I I don't know. I, I, mm, I think that they are absolute polar opposites, but ultimately the same person. Melania says Mm -hmm. silence what she would have been on the nightly news yelling her head off about. Uh-huh. I really think that's truthfully the difference. Um, you know, Melania just kind of like whatever's. Um, mm-hmm. And to a degree, I often wonder how sedated she is. Um, I kind of think that for both her. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it looks like some, uh, to me, Melania always ends up looking now like she's on some very heavy tranquilizers. 
just to right. like get through the day without going well, for lack of better words, batshit. Right. Like I, I and I and think that's for good reason. Understandable. Good reason. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think it's totally understandable that, and you know, if if he was my husband, I would be calling up the Secret Service, going, "Okay, come on up to my room, boys. Let's figure out how to make this happen." <laughs> I don't know. Uh, personally, I, mm, I, I don't even think that the Secret Service probably needs much of a nudge at this point. I think it's. I, I think in the long term history of the Secret Service, we have maybe found the first present that they're going to be like. But if you need a smoke break, mm-hmm. you know, don't worry about it. Um, right. I, I I think that's where the Secret Service is at right now, I, and I think that's a sad comment to be able to make is that one of the largest vested interests in the health and safety of our president for the health and safety of our democracy um, Mm -hmm. may very likely be to the point that they don't care. Like, not interested. You know, I I think at this point, if you're hiring new recruits, you're going to have a real problem finding one that's going to take a bullet. Um, that can pass, well, you know, all the other standards and requirements. Well, I'm in debate because didn't he say that he was going to use his own um, his own secret service? His not his own secret service, his own private security. Did they have to overturn him on that one? Oh, I'm sure they did. Yeah, I don't offhand know, but I, I know. I think there's limits yeah. in that regard. Like, new, no, um, not gonna happen. Sorry, not the way that works. Right. Um, yes. But yeah, I don't know. No, I just, just kind of spitballing that one, but I really, I, I don't. I, I don't believe they they have a vested interest in his health and safety. I think it would be mm, a real bad either. Really, but, really don't. Yeah. I think they're really tired of it and tired of the behavior. Yeah. Well, the, the especially. Um, right. Yeah. I, I just yeah. I just personally think it's really hard to even find a Secret Service agent that is going to sit there and be like, yeah, this is worth losing my life for. Mm, Maybe not. mm, I might not. Mm -hmm. And see what gets me and what aggravates me Mm -hmm. with the whole situation is, in general, other than he's a blunt idiot. Blunt. Sorry. My dog could run the country better. But the, the things that Fair. are in place to remove him aren't even being used. So that tells me that something's got to be wrong here. Well, yeah, we have multiple levels of governmental failure at this point. Um, mm-hmm. And 
it, which ultimately come down to we have a checks and balances system failure that everything mm-hmm. that was supposed to prevent all of the situations that are currently occurring um, mm-hmm. have failed. The, the, right. This should have never been possible. All of it failed. Um, right. every, take everything you learned about, you know, the the system of checks and balances and throw it out a window. It, it doesn't apply. It's a whole different rule book now. Um, right. Yeah. So with that, that that does leave us potentially, and very likely, um, with at least a second Trump uh, uh, term in office, um, mm-hmm. I I'm not going to be a surprise, I, one bit surprised, um, if he manages to win the next election. It's not going to surprise me in the least. I think there's going to be voter fraud up one side and down the other, and it's going to have nothing to do with um, immigrants or liberals, or it's going to have everything to do with Russia. Um, right. I, I, I will call it now. He's he's going to get a second term, um, mm. and it's put, it could potentially become a dictatorship at that point. Um, depending upon what happens with House and Senate. Mm-hmm. Um, See, I'm in debate if, with it. I'm not. Call, I'm not going to say that he gets another term because we don't want that. Um, I think that there's a strong possibility, and this is where you know it's kind of like eh, you got to debate it. We'll see how it works out. But there is a strong, mm-hmm. strong possibility that it isn't another term because. If, and this is a big if, and understand that it's a big if, if he mm-hmm. does get it, then there's going to be some major governmental changes with the American people alone. Like, they're not going to put up with this BS for much longer. But I also think globally, where you've go, then got to worry. Well, uh, all of this comes down to if he were to get a second term. Um, mm-hmm. What we should all be more concerned about is if the um, if there's a uh, uh, act an oh what is it called um, not just a supermajority is what I'm trying to say in the House mm-hmm. and Senate of Republicans mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. Th- <laughs> it, it's not just burn the rule book that we've been living under. It's just burn the Constitution. It's over. Like, you know, right. 1776 to 2020. It's over. Um, because ultimately at that point, I think you're going to effectively see the Constitution run through a shredder. That, you know, there's going to be a massive shift in mm-hmm. what Elections look like there's going to be a massive shift in term limits. There's going to be a massive shift in the whole process. Um, mm-hmm. If there's a entirely um, uh, and specifically a supermajority um, right. in the House and Senate, um, Coupled with a Republican president, I, I think it's over. I think it, that's it. 
1776 mm-hmm. to 2020, the nation's dead. Long live mm-hmm. Trumplandia. Um, because I'm sure he'll slap his name on it. Of course. You know, he has to do that. But I'm still waiting. I'm still seeing. I'm not really following it. I'm still kind of like, eh, we'll see. I mean, because if you go off of not just what I have to say and what I'm hopeful to happen, but if you go off of what's weird is some of the places that you see these predictions at, Mm -hmm. um, you begin seeing that it's really, you know, a female president that follows him. Um, including, like, the blind medium and everybody else. They've kind of all, you know, point blank, you know, put it out as, you know, a female president will follow and that we will begin seeing a lot more um, returning to more independent living. Okay. Well, I, um, and I'm not arguing that that's not where this ultimately ends up. I'm just questioning how long the road is. Like, are we talking, you know, is this going to be 2020? Is this going to be 2024? Is this going to be, you know, 20, you know, 35 when he finally croaks after his long-term yeah, he, dictatorship and, you know. See, I don't I, even think he made it to 2025 looking at his skin. Well, yeah. I don't know. I'm not thoroughly unconvinced that he isn't, like, half a robot already. And, if it's, you know, there's just so much with him on a minimum scale. Before we look at the major and the majority scale, there's just so much with him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, his there, behavior, there's a lot. the cronies he hires. I mean, they're, like, immediately I think that, you know, people should begin – um, looking at you know drafting rules for oh by the way, if you want to be this, then you must have this IQ. You know, I think we, we may have to get into being a little bit more elitism on the leaders we choose, and I do think that we've got to get our younger demographic involved. Well, and right now it's not the involvement of the voting population; it's quite frankly the way the districts are drawn. Um, in large swaths of the country, their votes are irrelevant. Mm-hmm. You, you, the, a large portion of the voting districts are set up in a way that you can lose the popular vote and still win an election um, mm-hmm. just because of how people are grouped together. So, so in, in some you know, areas, no, it really doesn't matter if you vote or not. Mm-hmm. And that's horrible to say. Like I, I, I want to believe that every vote counts, mm-hmm. but it doesn't anymore. It really doesn't. Um, it, it that's the unfortunate world we live in now. Mm-hmm. And see, that's that, why I think that we need to get rid of the electoral mm-hmm. college. I think that should have been gone decades ago. I uh, that one's a hard one for me. 
while I do yeah, I... understand the purpose of it, I do, because mm-hmm. just like we were talking earlier, um, when you have um, large portions of the country um, that are rural areas, they, they represent mm-hmm. a large landmass but a low population density versus mm-hmm. um, a, you know, large urban areas with high population density and especially considering that those rural areas the low population density areas are a big contributor of a lot of our um, domestic product it, it does uh-huh. make sense to have an electoral college um, to kind of rebalance that Unfortunately, not what it's doing. It's not how it works. It's not what it's doing. It's frankly leaving everyone hanging in the wind, especially under this president. I, I well, and have... here's the thing that mm-hmm. people don't understand is the Electoral College is part of the old system because the old mm-hmm. system, before we began playing with it, was civil rights and women's rights and you know, other right of the human, which mm-hmm. by the way, yes, I back, I get. It was only if you own land in the United States or its territories and was white that you could vote. Mm-hmm. Problem being, and here's where mm-hmm. the problem being comes in at, is that we started augmenting the system. And as you know, even in programming, if you start changing pieces, you've got to change it all. You can't just change one piece. Okay. And we didn't do that. So that's why the system no longer works, is it wasn't designed for this size of a population. Well, it wasn't designed for this size of population. It also wasn't designed for the situation we find ourselves. Um, wow. But it was also designed as a as its own self-correction. Is mm-hmm. what technically should have occurred, um, mm-hmm. and minus some influence by certain states. Um, the electoral uh, the electoral college was not supposed, to, or, or in most states, was never meant to be beholden to the popular vote, so mm-hmm. or or to any specific you know popular or um, whatever vote. Um, those the the votes that create uh, per state that create the electoral college um, were not supposed to be beholden to the election. It was supposed to be its own self-correction, was Mm -hmm. in case you had a situation where, you know, the, 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 who people voted for was the worst possible candidate, um, those Mm -hmm. votes should have been able to be shifted. Like, there would be mass outrage, but they should be shifted. Instead, what we've Mm -hmm. created and what, how it functions is you have a lot of uh, uh, very rich people um, who are always looking for money um, mm-hmm. that make up a, a, a system that determines our presidency um, or determines mm-hmm. elections that 
for some, their votes are not beholden to what their state actually does, but others mm-hmm. are, uh, because of state law, required to vote however the state votes. So, you know, uh, taking uh, – just spitballing an example, if Texas, if its voters vote one way, um, then mm-hmm. their representatives in the Electoral College have to vote that way. Um, for sure. some states, that breaks down into percentages. So if they're represented mm-hmm. by four people and it's a 50-50, then two for one, two for the other. Um, mm-hmm. Other states, it's whoever had the majority. Um, so if it's 51% and they have four representatives, then it would be a total swing of all four votes. Um, right. And then for other states, it doesn't matter. Their mm-hmm. electoral college members vote however they vote. And ultimately, right. the election doesn't matter. Like the, the actual oh, voting polling process doesn't matter. Right. They can do whatever right. they want. Um, and there have been horrible examples of that through the years of, right. you know, screwed up votes in the Electoral College because sometimes and they don't even know who the candidates it. are. Right. But we're still seeing that. Yeah. And that's the hardship mm-hmm. of it all is we are still seeing this banana bullshit get pulled off day in and day out. Mm-hmm. You know, you have the Clinton uh, Bush issue. We've had, I believe it was Obama and Bush issue. And then we had the Trump issue. Mm-hmm. And then looking at the candidates, I'm really not impressed. That's even worse. Uh, I don't know. I'm still liking Elizabeth Warren. I'm liking Warren. Uh. I'm interested in um, – you know, PD, he looks interesting. But the rest of these, the rest of them need to go on. Well, and I'm hoping it's one of those things where the field will quickly thin. Um, mm-hmm. As in, I'm hoping, I'm hoping the importance of this election is great enough mm-hmm. and understood well enough that at least the lesser candidates for it can go, you know what? I, I, I'm i not going to split the vote here. I, I'm not going to make a disaster. Right. Like, I'm going to drop mm-hmm. out early, and I will run next election. I will run for senator. I will whatever. Um, right. Just to make sure this election doesn't go, you know, cattywumpus. Um, and leave us, you know, out in the cold again um, with voters. Because that's a a large part of what happened in 2016 um, was the the split between um, Clinton and uh, Sanders. That once that so many, it was such a heavily or heavy split between the two, that mm-hmm. when Sanders fell out, a lot of people just couldn't tolerate Hillary. Um, right. I, and I'm just sitting here going, doesn't matter, doesn't matter. 
Not at this point right. does it did it matter. Um yeah. but ultimately, you know, that coupled with such a heavy uh resounding vote for Trump, the mm-hmm. the little bit of a eh on Hillary was just enough to turn the election. Um she still got the popular vote but ultimately lost the election. Um, just because she well, didn't and, have the carrying power. Well, not only that, but I think that there was so much misinformation. I mean, we saw the director of the FBI come out mm-hmm. two weeks from the election and make statements over someone. Mm-hmm. You don't do that. You do not do that. Well, but but ultimately we we're in a game system now. We're 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 not working with political theory. We're working with game theory. Um, mm-hmm. and, and they threw everything in the kitchen sink at the 2016 election. Right. Everything in the kitchen sink. Um, mm-hmm. even that which was false. Even that which was, um psychologically manipulative it didn't matter there there were no ethics in the last election none none whatsoever right um the biggest right. problem being we had candidates on both sides but candidates on mm-hmm. both sides that were still playing by the ethical playbook and they got their asses handed to them right because they were trying to have you know ethics in a jailhouse you know, right. you, you, <laughs> sorry, that's a totally different rule book. And even then, yeah. it's got a lot of ands, ifs, or buts. Um, mm-hmm. You cannot just go in and, you know, treat a population that is virtually feral, which is what the Trump campaign was, um, like they're civilized human beings. You, you can't do it. And that's what they did, and they got their asses mm-hmm. handed to them. You yeah, know, I, they did. But it worries me. It worries me greatly mm-hmm. with their behavior. It worries me greatly that, you know, our young people need to see why it's important <laughs> to vote, not only in the big presidential elections, but mm-hmm. also in the larger scale ones, in the ones where it, it, you know, the smaller scale ones, when it's just you or just in a, you know, just your, just your city, um, voting. Yeah, you know, your your or, minor elections you know, have major impacts. Yeah, I mean, we have a mayor yeah. running for president. Mm-hmm. Mayor. Got a senator. He hasn't been anything else but a mayor. I like his platform. His husband's nice. I'm still waiting to hear about some major issues. I'm waiting for them to send the dogs out just to see what they dig up. Meanwhile, I'm sitting here going, I don't even care. Whoever uh-huh. gets the 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 through to the final round, I'm voting for. Like yeah. I, I don't care. I do not. Yeah. At this point, as long as there is a D after their name, I do mm-hmm. not care. Do not care. And and that's the way it used to be. 
Democrats voted for Democrats, Republicans voted for Republicans, Independents chose which one else. Well, and back then, you you were ultimately, um, at, you were talking about you know things like fiscal policies. You were talking mm-hmm. about you know minor differences. Ultimately, ultimately, because there was a rule book, there was a set of ethics, there was a go to the people, um, mm-hmm. and you know protecting those who are less less or least able to protect themselves. All that's out the mm-hmm. window. That is completely right. out the window. This is the most vindictive, hateful. Mm-hmm. Presidency right. we have ever seen. This this has nothing to do about common interests. This has nothing to do with you know representing people who are least able to protect themselves. None of that's involved. Mm-hmm. None of it. Right. Um. And no, you you it, it makes a difference now. It does. It flat out makes a difference. You cannot. Right. I I don't. And at this point, I don't care. The only hope we have right. is going to have a D after their name on a ballot, and whichever exactly. D makes it to the end, I'm voting for. Yes, totally agree. Totally behind you. Totally think that that's mm-hmm. how it should be. Yeah. Okay. Um. And I think that's how it should have been. But I think that we got – I don't know. I think some people, they stopped teaching citizen class um, and just started going off of whatever. Well, I don't think it's exactly that. I think there was a brief period in politics, and there was, Um, George H.W. Bush, or, oh, God, the elder Bush. I always get them backwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, George H.W. Bush. Um, takes me a second every time. Um, mm-hmm. He had a very, not perfect, but a very cross-the-aisle appeal. You know, mm-hmm. he, he, he kind of walked the middle line. He didn't go too far. You know, mm-hmm. you could respect him. He was a decent president. He didn't totally trash the world. Um, right. And he represented this fairly well, um, especially right. through, you know, some really rough times. Um, mm-hmm. Then you turn around, we had the Clinton era. And again, yeah. a president that kind of appealed on both sides. Like, right. you didn't love him. You know, if you were is sitting in the Republican seat, you didn't love him, but you could mm-hmm. respect him. And I think mm-hmm. the the public version of that is we started to see it as less of an us versus them, and we started to treat it about the issues that that we quit looking at the people. We got mm-hmm. overly focused on issues. Um, and I mean a very specific core set, um, and we, because of those issues, started voting for people whose personal politics, whose mm-hmm. personal vendettas 
um, became a bigger and bigger liability. Um, yeah. And ultimately, we ended up in 2016. Mm-hmm. But no, I think we've had a few presidents who, who kind of turned that dial and made it less against uh, less of you know Republican Democrat, you know us versus them, and made it more like well you know we can all work together and be cooperative. So does it really ultimately matter, you know, how like who you vote for or if you vote? Right. And yes, and it does. End, yes, it does. Yeah. And it should always matter but, who yeah. you vote, when you vote, if you vote, you all should vote. Mm-hmm. Point blank. Well, let's take a break, and then when we get back, we'll talk about some other interesting topics that hit my, actually my Twitter feed this time. Ooh. Yeah. Do you like a little more grrrr with your coffee? Then tune in to Mountain Bears here on Blog Talk on Friday nights at 9 p.m. for the latest in LGBT topics, current events, and technology. Every Friday night we'll be here. Join us as the Mountain Bears explore these topics and more. So I'm a cat, and I just moved in with this new human. And she's got this little toy she's always playing with, all day long. Tap, 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 bloop, bloop. She can't put it down. There it is. Oh, and get this. She even talks to it. Last week, she asked it for Chinese. And guess what? Egg rolls showed up. Like magic. Humans have cool toys. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org. Hi. Welcome. Relax. Have a cup of your favorite topics with your host, Aston Knight. There's nothing like a good conversation to warm your soul and give your spirit a break now and then. Aston has such a wonderful way of exploring topics like psychic phenomena, important topics in our daily lives from a psychic's point of view, and you never know who else will stop by. Live on Blog Talk Radio. So come on in. We made a fresh cup of Java just for you. Hi, I'm Rain. And this is Raven Wind, and we're the Feather and Bone Podcast. Two witches talking about everything witchy and nothing at all. We consider ourselves to be energy-based spiritualists, non-traditionalists, and decidedly not Wiccan. Our views on magic and life in general don't align with other pagans in the community, but we have a live-and-let-live outlook on life. So if you want to learn something new while laughing a whole lot, you can find links to our podcast, Facebook page, products, and purchase tarot readings at featherandbone.net. As a busy modern woman, I'm constantly on the go. Having to make multiple stops while I'm out shopping or getting things done just doesn't work for me. That's why I love going to the Crystal Lotus Shop for every one of my metaphysical needs. They have all the basics like stones, candles, sage, plus they carry jewelry, herbs, cards, a variety of unique gifts, and several other items you're probably looking for. 
Uh-oh, sounds like my husband's old college injury flared up again. That's okay. I can count on the team of healers at the Crystal Lotus to fix him right up. They offer massage, Reiki, Kalamni, as well as other energy modalities, all performed by licensed, highly trained, and gifted practitioners. And while he's being taken care of, I'll sit down and get some guidance by one of their accomplished psychic readers. Oh, and did I mention they do custom orders and have gift certificates as well? They even offer yoga several days a week for all levels of experience. Plus, the last Saturday of every month, they have Psychic Saturday, where they offer discounts on readings as well as many healing sessions. Stop in to meet Shauna and the rest of the family there. They're located at 89 Old Main Plaza in St. Albans, where the Loop Pharmacy used to be. Or give them a call at 304-729-8055. Crystal Lotus taking the spirit where the body cannot go. You're listening to the Psychic Coffee Shop Podcast Network. Choosing a psychic is hard, and you don't want to waste time finding one that's right for you. You've thought about calling into the show, but you want more privacy than that? With services from phone, email, chat, text, and his network availability, you need to check out ASIN's website at asinnight.com. Just a few clicks and you can have your own personal, private psychic reading. On asinnight.com, you can also find out about VIP packages, scheduling parties and events, and signing up for his classes. What are you waiting for? Talk to ASIN today. Oh, hey there. Sorry, we're just wrapping up the planning for Beltane in the Forest 2019. And let me tell you, it's been a struggle trying to figure out where to put all the vendors, performers, and activities. You're coming out on May 19th, right? What's that? You didn't know that you were invited? Bring the kids, spouse, bring everyone. Yes, that's right. Starting at 11.30 a.m., we have adult and children's activities, a barding circle, and of course you know Gypsy Rhythm is going to be there, Coonskin Park in Charleston, West Virginia. Look, I've got to go, but you can find out more on our website, BeltaneInTheForest.org. See you there. I'm sorry, guys. We still have got to update that break. Beltane in the Forest has been over for a while. Hey, we're just pre-advertising for Beltane 2020. Uh-huh. That's all. Exactly. Yeah, I like that idea. Uh, there you go. But, yeah, we've got some new things coming. We've got some new things in the works. It'll be kind of fun, or at least I hope they will be. So, yeah. you know, we are an average reader. When I say average, meaning that we don't read 42 different news columns and track all the GVTL news, but one of the ones we do read is Pink News out of the UK, which is interesting looking at Pink News out of the UK, um, because they, well, yes, it's a gay newspaper, it's ran by straight people, like the CEO has a wife and kid, um, and is male, and it's like, huh? What are we doing here, dudes? But I saw an article, and well, I didn't actually see. I saw the article, and then they took the article down. Then I saw the responses to the articles. I was like, yeah. really? That was more aggravating. 
for me at least. <sighs> I don't know. I'm I'm still there with the concept. I don't I don't think taking the article down was wrong. I do take issue with the um way that it was attacked. Um yeah. I, I think it I honestly think Pink News didn't stop and do the math. Um, So let's go ahead and tell our listeners what we're talking about before I get too deep into my version. Okay, what we're talking about is they ran an article, and they've been fostering articles of different types of relationships. And this one was a daddy-son relationship where there's a large age difference, like 33 years. Um, The one partner is 22, the other is 55. They supposedly have been together six years. I debate whether it's actually six. It's probably more like four. But still, we go on. You know, video of them talking about bringing them to his country and how it started out as a sugar daddy thing and then moved into an actual relationship. Mm-hmm. Okay. I can, ha- I can hang here for a moment. I can relax. I can see what's going on. Uh, you know, I get the words. But I don't think Pink News took an idea and went, hmm, maybe we need to check our math. Maybe we need to look at what's going on here. Instead, right. they just ran with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, it was quickly attacked as pedophile, pedophile, pedophile. Oh, it's a pedophilia. Uh, how dare him be grooming him? I'm like, oh, by the seventh level of the goddess. Understand what's well, being said because, here. Well, technically, if the if the six year relationship has been six years and he is now 22, um, mm-hmm. then yeah, they've been together since he was 16. Like that's that's but, a straight up math on that, right? Or 17. Because they're still debating it. And, right. And ultimately, we have questions of age of consent. We have Mm -hmm. questions about, you know, especially with it being a daddy-son relationship, was was this, was the younger of the the two potentially, Mm -hmm. you know, put into a situation he shouldn't have been. Um, right. Now, you do also have to question, what, like, what is the kid's situation, what, or the, the 22-year-old? What was his situation at the time? What's the deal? Um, and ultimately, how did all this come about? How did he handle that? Um, but we also have to filter it through a different lens of, mm-hmm. you know, th- this is a, this is a worldview on the subject that, you know, right. ultimately, but you bring up a valid question, um, and I don't know if we got into that on air yet or if that was just our break conversation, as to whether or not if this was a 55-year-old man being interviewed about his sugar baby relationship 
with a 22-year-old woman, would people care that when they got together, she was a 16-year-old girl? Right. And furthermore, and this is even more like in people's crawl, and, you know, what I keep saying is, oh, he's grooming him. Have you tried to deal with a 16, 17, heck, 23-year-old? Anytime lately, people, you can't groom them. Heck, you do good to get them to wash the dishes. Well, but I think what people are seeing is once he came over um, from one country to another, Mm-hmm. He was effectively cut off from anything, like assuming a best case scenario, and this kid had mm-hmm. a loving, supporting, supportive family, who mm-hmm. you know, and, and a place to live, and all this, and life was otherwise golden. Um, mm-hmm. the minute he hit a foreign country, he's now fairly cut off from all that. Um, right. And, or could be, at least, you know, like how, and I think that's where people start getting panicky, um, is, okay, so up to the point in which he left his country, he was a 16-year-old who was potentially able to legally consent to a sexual relationship. But what happened once he crossed the border is now there's some reasonable concern. You know, mm-hmm. if this all goes south or had have gone south, what was what was a 16-year-old in a foreign country supposed to do? Did he have mm-hmm. the ability to recognize that, hey, you know, you can walk out of this relationship? Did potentially the fifth... Uh, well, at the time, 49-year-old, um, potentially, mm-hmm. you know, create a situation in which a 16-year-old was afraid to leave him. Um, and I, it does raise some valid questions. I will say that. Yeah, I think it um, runs into valid questions, but I think it also runs into what I see occur a lot, uh-huh. which is, a, Americans putting their opinions and classifying mm-hmm. people um, mm-hmm. according to them, according to our okay. current beliefs. Um, first of all, this would be, I believe, let me bring it back up. I don't want to misquote. I do believe it, it was abstain, abstain, Yes, okay, so he is not English. Uh, Yeah, they, um, the boy looks like he came from an Asian country. Yes, an Asian country. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, they are different. Their views are different. 
their belief systems are different. The age of consent is different. But ultimately, I think that's also set against the backdrop, especially for, uh, you know, Asian countries. Um, You know, when you're talking about, you know, um, for instance, let's say we're talking about Thailand. Um, Thailand has had a major problem with Mm -hmm. sex tourism, specifically tourism um, aimed at um, people who are underage, who should not be, you know, that if we want to agree or not get into, let's say, um, Mm -hmm. whether or not, you know, adult sex work is or should be legal, you know, let's say Mm -hmm. we're going to assume that's okay. If you're 18 and you want to do sex work, go do sex work. That's your choice. Um, Mm -hmm. But what ultimately happens um, or what has been happening is you've got a a country um, that has had a massive explosive problem with people um, visiting for the sole purpose of having sex with minors um, or, you know, more colloquially termed, you know, human trafficking, sex trafficking, and rape of minors. Um, So that also goes a little further backwards as to what is the guy's history. You know, are we talking about someone who is living a normal 16-year-old life who meets a guy and moves to, you know, on, you know, and it's basically well, in it. here's the back story. Or are you talking about someone well, who has been sold into sex, uh, slavery, in into being right. raped repeatedly for someone else's financial benefit, um, right. who aged out, you know, he became a 16-year-old, and who wants that? You know, when you're talking about mm-hmm. people raping kids. Um, you right. know, got too old. Well, or was here's the backstory. Mm-hmm. Here's the backstory. Um, he had just turned 17 because his birthday's in June. Um, okay. the couple celebrated their uh six-year anniversary in July of 2019. So he met him just after he turned 17 in a Q&A video. Um. He said he met him, the younger Caleb met his boyfriend when he was in a bad rut, said that at the time he was staying with friends because he had been recently kicked out of his parents' house. Okay. Hmm. I, I can see where people have issues, though. Um, And I think the bigger issue is the crossing of a border. Like, the minute you leave one country to another, I think that's where people get an ick factor. Then you couple Mm -hmm. in where he's coming from and the history Uh that that those areas have with sex tourism, and there's a second Mm -hmm. ick factor. Um, Mm -hmm. and yeah, I can really understand where, where people get to with that. 
Um, But I think it's also a realization that in many situations, um, you know, if you're going to kick out your gay kids, guess what happens? Like there's, there's, you know, if you throw a children, they, exactly. Um, You know, the, the minute you throw that kid out onto the street because you can't, you know, condone their behavior or you create a situation so hostile that they run away, guess what happens? It, it's it's not, you know, a happy ending all the time. Um, ultimately, this kid got, potentially got the best possible situation um, sure. in which assuming the best, um, you know, they have a happy relationship. He's very, you know, he found the right guy. Um, right. that is loving, caring, takes care of him, and yeah, they have a sexual relationship. Um, and maybe that's not something you want to think about, but that's right. what's ultimately going to happen. Like, what what right. ability to support oneself do you think a 16-year-old has? Um, right. And especially when you're talking about countries with you know, kind of sketchy economy. Yeah. And sketchy I mean, life. Um, yeah. You know, in general, I mean, and see, these are the things that they don't look at. They don't look at the fact mm-hmm. that, you know, low, if you kick a 16-year-old out, it's not considered child abuse. The child can petition to be emancipated, which I'm assuming that's what happened for it to occur. Um, mm-hmm. For the to go from one country to the next, he would have to be if he is even not considered an adult. What is it, Britain? Mm-hmm. You can drink when you're 16. Many countries have different age of adulthood. For many years, the United States well, it was 21. And I think the better concept is that other countries have a graduated adulthood. Um, that's mm-hmm. a little less of the, you know, eighteen twenty one. Like the U.S. system of eighteen twenty one, eighteen you're a legal adult, twenty one you can legally drink. Um, mm-hmm. It's not really much of a graduated adulthood when the only other you know thing you have is. 15, you can get a learner's permit, and 16, you can get a driver's license. Um, Yeah, you really, yeah. Right. But I don't know how much in in other countries that graduated adulthood really applies. Um, Mm -hmm. Because there's, there's, and I think that's the biggest thing we miss in the concept of Mm -hmm. the process of becoming an adult. It's not a light switch. Right. You're not an adult at 18 any more than you're an, a, an adult at 21 because now you can drink. I right. I do think there are there's kind of a slow transition, or there should be, um, right. in moving between childhood, mm-hmm. adolescence, and adulthood. Um, right. 
that I don't think anywhere in the world gets perfectly right. I I don't. Mm -hmm. Um, With that said, um, ultimately this this shouldn't be a story about you know pedophile fifty nine or forty nine year old um, groomed sixteen year old. Um, This is ultimately a story about from how it sounds. Um, this mm-hmm. is the best case scenario for you throw out your 16 year old right before their 17th birthday is mm-hmm. that they have friends to crowd to couch surf with until they meet mm-hmm. a decent human being who doesn't treat them like garbage. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it is absolutely as it seems decent to him. And yeah, maybe right. they end up in a slightly non-conventional relationship, where right. ultimately you do have to say that about it. You know, they're they're not meeting each other as peers. It is a, right. a dat boy relationship, and I think that's the third ick factor. Is mm-hmm. it too on the nose? Um, without necessarily understanding what it is. Right. You know, um, and I'm not, it's not clear on which way the daddy boy is. If it's daddy and boy as in an age difference, so they're age playing there. It's not really age playing, it's just well, really age play. <laughs> right. <laughs> or if it is a daddy son relationship that is a little bit more than that. You know, that there is more guidelines. It does look like the child the child, dear God, have I reached that age. It does look like well, no, doesn't no, no, work. No, no. That's that's the problem with the story is and we've done it the whole time uh-huh. we've been talking about it. I and you just now caught yeah. yourself in it. I, I caught myself yeah. like 10 minutes ago in it, um, is it's really hard to sit mm-hmm. here and talk a, a, about a 22-year-old as anything other mm-hmm. than a kid. You know, right. I, and I, some of that is I'm in my late 30s, um, uh-huh. or some of that is the story itself. Some of that is the relationship scenario. Um, I don't know what, or if it's just the combo that's influencing the discussion, but it does. It lends its, it's an, unfortunately the story lends itself to being talked about. It does, but it's rose very bad. With that element, pardon? It's wrote very badly. There's a lot of if, then, when question marks still left here. Oh, there's tons. Um, But ultimately, one of the biggest issues is it's hard to even talk about the story without Mm -hmm. hitting all the ick factor. Um, You know, I I have a hard time calling a 22-year-old a fully grown adult. I I don't think he is. Um, But does that necessarily make this a problematic story. I don't know. I, like, 
I don't know where you go with that. Is this a 22-year-old that was picked up at 16 by a benevolent pedophile? I don't know. Like, I I think we... Here's my view. Okay. Okay. My view is we don't have enough information on it to determine that, first of all. Second of all, the bigger question for me is, is there a mental agreement? Like, is the 22-year-old logical enough and adult enough to make the decision and still happy like he isn't trapped? You know, we don't see, like, Epstein, um, where a lot of the girls, like, there's one in Australia who won't even talk to the FBI. You know, so traumatized that she won't even talk to the FBI won't do this, won't do that, or are we looking at a couple here that cost us our definitions? Because uh, uh, I don't know what that is. Like That might work, but it doesn't work for me. And would this be such a story that's slanted this way, and it is slanted this way, um, if it was more than that. If it was totally used, totally um, open, totally clear where this was going, would this be such a story, you know, if we just Google, and I did before the show, just Googled younger men, I mean, older men dates younger woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was websites for tips oh. for that. Oh, yeah. But hold on a second. Yeah. And that was a story in The Atlantic, um, which is a great story. I, I love the piece um, that that brought up the concept of the underage woman. There's no such thing. It's a contradiction in terms. A woman is an adult. Someone who is underage is not an adult, and that has been the ongoing um, news story surrounding uh, Jeff Epstein is the Mm -hmm. the story of the underage woman and repeatedly Mm -hmm. throwing those, those two words out there, underage woman. No such thing exists. He had sex with girls. He paid people to bring him girls underage female human girls. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Now, I do think there's and this is is where this story gets so hard to interact with. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily think that there is always a wonderful version of mm-hmm. older adult meets underage minor and happy ending in, uh, ensues on multiple levels. I don't mm-hmm. think as a concept that is anything anyone ought to be pushing as an ideal situation. Sure. Now, now sure. that's set. I do think it is possible that there are situations 
um, relevant to the parties involved, very specifically to them, in which Mm -hmm. on paper it looks horrible. In reality, maybe it wasn't the worst thing that could have happened to them. Maybe it was a good thing. I think that can occur. But at the same time, there's still issues there. And and like you're Mm -hmm. saying, there's a deeper story, there's a deeper conversation there that needs to occur, not the least of which is trying to understand um, whether this situation is particularly troublesome or if it's just unfortunate. You know what I mean? In terms of on paper, it's really bad. In Mm -hmm. practice, it's actually quite wonderful um, for these two specific people on the planet. Um, not as a rule book or a model for anyone else. Like, this is a bad right. idea. Do not try this at home. Um, well, I don't know. Right. Well, on the other side of this, or in my way of looking at this, because this isn't the first time I've heard this story, um, you know, younger boy living on the street, turning trick. If you don't know what that is, Google is your friend to survive mm-hmm. and find a decent bloke that can provide, take care of, and a relationship forms out of that. Wish it was like the, oh, oh, this is such a real story. It isn't. You know, and when we have parents who do not get any ramifications for throwing their child out or, you know, abandoning their responsibilities as parents, Mm -hmm. then where do we chastise? Do we chastise the parent? Do we chastise the older male that took the, the child in? Do we, you know, you know, know, if he was 18 now and unhappy, I don't think he'd still be there. Like any other relationship, I I don't think he would still be there. I, I I would like to believe that. I would. But here's the couple of problems I have. Um. We've also heard from the other direction of people who were legal adults when the relationship mm-hmm. started that right. end up feeling tra- or being literally trapped in a relationship. You know, that mm-hmm. they're like, even if they were in their 40s when they met, if they mm-hmm. were the same age, there are people who get right. trapped in relationships that feel they can't leave that are ultimately um, either by abuse or threats unable to leave mm-hmm. or are in right. such a state that, you know, fi- like uh, um, uh, disparate I- income 
um, mm-hmm. that ha- don't have the resources to leave. Um, so to sit there and look at someone and say, well, if when he turned 18, he wasn't happy, he could have just left. I don't know. I, literally, I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. But there's another issue there, um, and it's, it's one that goes along with the other side of the equation, which is mm-hmm. I have known, and we've talked about it previously, um, I, I've known of an individual, um, because I ever met him, but knew of an individual who he was, I want to say, also 16. Um, And quite frankly, he was running around screwing everyone. You know, people his own age, people in their 50s, everyone in between. Um, He kept popping up on apps. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and ultimately did end up in a relationship with someone um, who took him in, I think, at like 17. It wasn't because his mom mm-hmm. kicked him out. She was just like, he's 16, year old, 16 years old and bigger than I am. And what am I supposed to do? What, what right. do you want me to do with him? What, what do you want me to do? Um, right. You know, I don't have a problem with him being sexually active. Mm-hmm. I'm not happy with his choice of having sex with adults, but it's his life. It's his body. Um, what mm-hmm. do you want me to do? Um, moreover, how am I supposed to, um, like, am I supposed to quit my job and babysit him? Right. Like, I, I can't. He's 16 years old. What what do you mm-hmm. want me to do with him? Do do I chain him up in the backyard? Do do I lock him in a room? Because the last time I checked, those were both considered mm-hmm. illegal. Like there's right. limits to what you know as a parent you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that there is a definite struggle there to try to find a right answer. Um, right. and, I and I think don't think there's a right answer. No. Um, no, I don't think there's a right answer. I don't think there's a wrong answer. Right, but it, it's still ultimately for the adult side of that. Um, for for mm-hmm. the you know whether you're 21 or 39 or 49 or 100, um, mm-hmm. and you're involved in that kind of you know, under 18 relationship um, or sexual whatever it is, whether it's consent or not, i.e. rape, um, you've got a lot of issues there. It's a very murky place to be, even if, you know, you're sitting there with the best of intentions, even if the person who's underage is perfectly content and happy with what's going on, even if their parents are perfectly content and happy with what's going on. Mm -hmm. It's ultimately um, 
the kind of illegal that it's very hard to defend. Um, that with, especially with so many states in which rape or statutory rape, uh, or if not both, are it doesn't require or doesn't pay any attention to intent or anyone's feelings. You know, right. that, that all these it's people also, are perfectly happy and have the best of intentions, it's still illegal as hell and you're going to prison. Right. End of the day, but you have you're the other that. Uh-huh. But you have the other side of that. Um, mm-hmm. And I think a great example of that is your grand, I believe it was your grandmother that changed her birthday, first year. She got married. Yeah. She uh, did. You know, we're act, we're acting like these are new problems. These aren't new problems. It's just we got more of a social media with it. How old was she? She was um going on well, as, no, 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 no. Um, she was seventeen, about to turn eighteen. Um, mm-hmm. and because of the of her birth year. It was easier to turn the nine into a seven. Mm-hmm. So she did. Um, sure. That way she could go ahead and get married and get out of the house. Um, now, I think by their exact marriage date, we're talking about a difference somewhere in the neighborhood of a few months. Um between her turning 18 like we were it was was down to months but ultimately mm-hmm. she made herself uh want to say almost 20 right but that was yeah. a 40 50 year marriage um well yeah and it's not like it, it it well which ended in the death of uh my grandfather but yeah it, they didn't get divorced or anything um but yeah right. they were together you know from then on um right. and ultimately was a good marriage but um still what she did was was wrong um it wasn't you know it, it was technically illegal and it caused her problems it's not mm-hmm. like she just did that and, you know, it was no big deal. She had ramifications out of that. It took her forever to fix that because mm-hmm. the birth certificate that she altered was her, uh, you know, was a technically a legitimate copy. Um, mm-hmm. And it was the one that she ended up using in a couple of different places. And uh-huh. so she had a history from the age of not yet 18, but technically on paper looked to be almost 20 and newly married uh-huh. um, with a birth date uh, two years before it actually occurred. Um, mm-hmm. So a lot of paperwork got screwed up, and she ended up having a hell of a time fixing it. Um, mm-hmm. Not to mention... You know, then that threw some chaos into their marriage certificate because uh-huh. you record a date of birth on a marriage certificate. You do. 
So um, ultimately what happened is she had a lot of things that, or they had a lot of things to get fixed. Now that was a recurrent theme throughout their marriage. The paperwork was always a nightmare. Um, and uh-huh. that had to do with my grandfather's name, but yeah, it was a recurrent theme, you know, paperwork having to be fixed. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's ultimately funny. It ultimately was not, you know, a bad marriage. It ultimately was not a bad decision um, in terms of the marriage. Um, do I think she would have I, – and I think she even made the comment at one point is that – it's not that she made a bad decision or entered into a marriage she wished she hadn't of, um, but she regretted the way she did it because right. she went about it all wrong. Um, well, which had everything to do with my grim, her parents, um, more specifically her mother, um, wasn't going to allow her daughter to get married before she turned 18. Mm-hmm. Um, so she, and, and by proxy, my great-grandfather, her dad, was not dumb enough to defy his wife. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> let me tell you, their wedding photo, my great-grandparents, their wedding photo, that's an interesting one. Never seen a man look more uh-huh. scared in his life. Uh, but there no way was he defying his wife on that one at all. Right. Um but even if point he being was cool with it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Point being. And the reason I even bring it up other than, you know, the the comments I've made to you about their marriage and what I know about their marriage. Um mm-hmm. is, you know, this isn't a new problem. The, you know, yeah. I think ever since we started the, you know, marry for love, not for finances, not for, you know, how many cows you can get or how many sheep you get out of the marriage. We've had Mm -hmm. this, what is an adult? When is an adult an adult? When can a a person make what is considered adult decisions? Mm -hmm. Um, And it's like, come on. You know, when, you know, are they happy? Are they healthy? That's what I've always looked at when I marry couples. Are you happy? Are you healthy? Are you knowledgeable of what you're doing? I don't divorce. You have to go get another priest for that one. (laughs) Well, with that said, though, um, and and to kind of put a little context in here, I've and I think, again, we've talked about it a little bit on the show, is that I was a midlife crisis child. My parents and grandparents are all older than you'd think. Um, So my grandmother got married in 1936. And her biggest push to get married was to get away from her mother. By all of accounts, the woman was extremely religious and kind of crazy about it. Um, so in the context of today and this story and a kid being thrown out, 
looking backwards almost 100, well, almost 80 years, mm-hmm. there's people that totally understand and got married for the same reason or who left mm-hmm. a bad situation um, and got married, and maybe it was for all the wrong reasons, but it worked out. Right. 80 years ago, 100 years ago. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, it's it happens. The, right. And while it's a technicality of going about it the wrong way, the bigger question becomes – Okay, so we could agree that there are situations in which this occurs and it ends up being okay. Mm-hmm. But does that allow us the opportunity to ignore the situation, um, assuming the best case scenario that, well, it'll all work out in the end? That, you know, yeah, they may have done the wrong thing for all the wrong reasons, or all the right reasons even, um, mm-hmm. and because it worked out great in the end, well, it's all okay. Right. I don't have an answer. I don't, I don't know what the right answer right. is there, and I think that's where everyone ought to be, is I don't know what the yeah. right answer is. I don't know how you look at someone's situation um either mm-hmm. in the moment or you know six years later um mm-hmm. and, and judge that and knowing there's a possibility that what they're saying now could be influenced by fear that you know right. they've been told what to say and how to act and who to be in public mm-hmm. i don't know i don't know how you work that out well and I totally get and agree that, agree with that. What I'm seeing and what I'm looking at more so, and I'm going to try to wrap this up really quickly, I think it has to be case mm-hmm. by case. And I think that we have to look at the um, viewpoint, legal standing or whatever, of what occurred here. Someone found a relationship they're happy in, and got out of a situation that wasn't good for them, wasn't healthy for them, wasn't even safe for them. And you have to look at it and go, okay, so why are we torturing this dude now? Or it his isn't partner. Like with, or his partner. Um, it isn't like that, you know, the elder of the couple went into a playground or a high school football game or anything like that and, you know, scoffed it after this kid. Yeah, there was the no luring him what he with puppies doing. into a van and driving him across, you know, country lines and onto a plane right. and trafficking and all that. It, right. Um, yeah, a lot of this kid Epstein. went along. Right, this kid went along. Um, well, not only did he go along, but I think first likely he probably went, oh, my God, well, now I actually have to eat. I don't have to worry that my friend's friend, my friend's mom is going to get mad and kick me out. But is that for a 16-year-old? 
them making a decision out of love? Or is that a 16-year-old making a decision that's purely practical? Mm-hmm. And does it matter? Right. And that's a good question. Does it matter in the end? Are they happy? They look to be. In the pictures, they look to be. Um, in the YouTube videos that he does, they look to be. So what's at our business? I don't know. I think it's an opportunity for a conversation for them um, with the world um, and a bigger conversation about how we handle children thrown out of their parents' houses as a global Mm -hmm. world or as an entire world, how we handle that world over and what that becomes and what that looks like and that there's no magical fairy pun intended, mm-hmm. that comes and picks you up when dad kicks you out or mom kicks you out or they both kick you out at 2 o'clock in the mm-hmm. morning because whatever occurred for them to find out about your sexual uh, sexuality or your um, gender. Right. And, you know, I think we have bigger issues as a community because we still haven't solved that problem. But unfortunately, we're out of time. And we are. So we'll talk about more of this next week. Until then, good night, y'all. Good night. Choosing a psychic is hard, and you don't want to waste time finding one that's right for you. You've thought about calling into the show, but you want more privacy than that? With services from phone, email, chat, text, and his network availability, you need to check out Asen's website at asennight.com. Just a few clicks and you can have your own personal, private psychic reading. On asennight.com, you can also find out about VIP packages, scheduling parties and events, and signing up for his classes. What are you waiting for? Talk to Asen today. You're listening to the Psychic Coffee Shop Podcast Network.